Hi, I'm Chris Marie. I'm so glad you're listening. In conflict, do you ever walk on eggshells, avoid sharing your honest opinion, or even hesitate to say no? Well, no more. Susan and I created a speak up kit just for you. It's an easy to use, proven step-by-step process to find your voice and reduce your stress. To learn more, go to thriveinc.com forward slash speak up. That's www.thriveinc.com forward slash S-P-E-A-K-U-P. Hi, I'm Chris Marie Campbell. And I'm Susan Clark. And today I'm going to interview Susan because she has been reading a book that is fascinating and it's called High Conflict, Why We Get Trapped and How We Get Out by Amanda Ripley. And Susan, you came across this book and another book. Why don't you tell our listeners how you even found this book? Well, I believe, you know, sometimes I don't even remember which paper it is. Could have been the New York Times, could have been the Wall Street Journal, but they actually had a promotion where they were talking about these two books. And and I guess the publisher, I mean, we have so much conflict in our land right now. There's so much polarization that the publisher of these two books Simon and Schuster, Schuster, were, offer, <laughs> were offering these two books as free downloads. So people could even, maybe our listeners could go and get yeah, to think, their website and get them as yeah, a, now. Yeah, you go to Simon and Schuster. And on the website there, you can look for the two free books to download to your e-reader or Kindle. And you can get it an audible. So. And the other book. So we have High Conflict is one book by Amanda Ripley. But what's the other book? How to Talk About Hard Topics. She does a podcast on money, sex, and death, I think. <laughs> Anyhow, um, I have not read that one as much. Okay. I'm still getting involved in that. <laughs> we'll stay with the High Conflict <laughs> okay. one. Okay. So Susan, I know you came through because she's a good storyteller. She tells stories about real people. But what do you want to, like, what's your going in frame for our listeners on this book, High Conflict? Well, you know, I think a lot of times people think someone might think of us as someone who really dials up the conflict. And though we are big believers in the beauty of conflict, I really was appreciative after reading this book that there is this other type of conflict that's high conflict that really gets kind of to that place of irreconcilable. And I, I think it's partially, I mean, I don't think it's that much different than what we talk about in the sense that, you know, she talks about healthy conflict. There are a lot of complexity, a lot of strong feelings. All of that is going on, but it's not as righteous. It's not as stuck. It's not as fixated, which we would often say is, you know, a real key factor, a choice point, whether you go reactive or responsive. So I'm just going to give, because I have some notes on the book. So high conflict differs from regular conflict. In high conflict, people become certain of their own righteousness, make negative assumptions about those who have a different position, and come to believe that the only acceptable solution is total victory. This conflict usually ends with no winners. Which, you know, let's face it, there's a lot of that. Yes. Yes seems to be present in our world. And, you know, we have found over and over again in those types of situations that so often if the conflict stays in that place too long, it is really difficult to know how to shift out of that. You know, I think about, you know, my own experience in my life where, you know, I really had to be 
I'm so grateful that I could be where I was up in Canada for 10 years. Away from your family. Away from everything, you know, my family, my old community, so that I didn't actually do anything that I really regretted. Because when you're in a high conflict, you know, you say things, you do things that make it impossible to ever repair anything. So this happens in families, it happens in communities, and certainly in our political right now with left and right, very divided, there's a lot of high conflict. And one of the things, um, a quote from the book, the main difference between healthy conflict and high conflict, in healthy conflict, curiosity exists. It leads somewhere. In high conflict, the conflict is the destination. There is nowhere else to go. Because in high conflict, there's so many more errors in judgment. It's hard to be curious while you're outraged. You're focused on, ah. Yes. Yeah. And I would really encourage you, if you get the opportunity, to get this book for yourself. But we wanted to talk today about some of the key things we learned. And one of the things I loved about it, there were some just great stories at various levels. And one of the ones that I found most fascinating was one of the characters was Gary Friedman, I think is how is his name, Gary Friedman. And he was someone who started like mediation for couples. And actually he was a trial lawyer at first, but it's a great story because a couple came to him who were his friends who were divorcing and wanted him to help. And he was like, no, you just need to get your own lawyer. I can't do it. But they were like, but wait a minute, we actually want this to go well. And you have these skills. And somehow in this, I think it was a four month process he went with, through with them. He really was able to help them. And so he was someone who started doing mediation for couples and, um, and got really good at it, got really good at it. And he was really good at holding a space and helping people deal with what seemed like irreconcilable differences. And then he lived in a little community in California and he got invited to be on the city council probably like being on the city council of white. It's true. And, <laughs> and, uh, but he, you know, and he was pretty sure he could bring all his skills. skills and he actually had some little bit of niggling from his family that maybe, you know, are you sure you want to do this? Cause it's different when you're outside of it and you're not, you're no longer working between two people. You're right in it. And, but he, he went in and sure enough, I think it was a pretty painful process. I don't want you to tell you know, give away the whole story cause it's worth reading, but he got caught in, you know, an old guard, the new guard, all sorts of things. She talks about when sides get taken, positions get made, and it became more and more divided, divided. Mm -hmm. He finally, it did not end well for, you know, it was not a good process for him to, he realized he was now in conflict. It was a very painful, excruciating place to get out of it. Wow. So So that's what she talks about in this book, based on what you were, you've been saying, she talks about a metaphor. There's the La Brea tar pits in LA and it's this area where it's covered in dust and leaves and water. And the tar is preserved the bones of many trapped animals. I think they found like 160 species or you know, like tons of things in there. And high conflict, she says, is like the tar pits. It has a magnetic pull that attracts people to it. Some make it out alive while many become victims. And I think what you're saying with, is it uh, this was uh, Gary. He, yeah. he, even so a highly skilled person like you or I, like we work in this, but it's very different when you're pulled into the, well, the you know, oddly enough in the story about the tire pits, one of the things that was most fascinating is it's like a wolf will go towards that tar pit to help. Like they see, like, and you know, that's kind of how you get drawn into to high conflict too. Yeah. You may actually be going thinking you can help. Oh, I can 
I can help this person. They're asking for it. They're coming up out of the tarp. I can help them. <laughs> and what happens instead is you get trapped in the tar. And how many times has that happened where you're kind of trying to help somebody and you just get caught in taking their side or, yeah. and then or opposite side. Or, yeah. 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 So yes. Now there's also uh, this other piece she talks about. Can you talk about what she calls conflict entrepreneurs or fire starters who yeah. Yeah, I mean, part of why we wanted to talk about this was some people may think of us as that. And we wanted to clarify. We are not. We that. don't think of ourselves. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, really. But a conflict entrepreneur is someone who really is good at actually kind of dousing a flame of a fire. We would, you, you know. Mean with gasoline. Yeah, like <laughs> pumping it up. And they are kind of, they're not just fire starters. They're fire stirrers. They keep dialing up the heat. So in a situation, you know, the type of person sometimes when you, they know what can happen is they know if they can get a whole group of people, I mean, this has happened in politics a lot, really riled up about something like, you know, it's at risk that you may lose your gun rights. You should get involved in this. And if somebody they know, they will pull them in to fight for the gun rights. There's not any real, maybe there's not even a real threat, but right. there's like, okay, we know that this is going to actually yeah. There's a story about a Nazi war criminal and they were interviewing him and they're like, how, how could you actually get so many other people to do these atrocious acts? And he goes, oh, that part was easy. You just scare them and point them in the, tell them who's to blame and you point them in the direction. And that would be very classic of a fire of And yes. also know in your own life, the people who were kind of like, yeah, Aunt Sally is a pain in the ass. Like she is <laughs> difficult. And we, you know. And you know what? She did this. This. And so those are also, that's kind of like the more personalized version of right. a fire entrepreneur. Yeah. And um, so some of the things, any other stories though that you had about oh, characters in her book? I mean, one of the other characters I found really quite um, rich was Curtis. And I think, I don't know what his last name is, Curtis T, I'm going to call him. Okay. But he was a gang member and uh, now he's called a violence interrupter, and, but an actor and a former leader of a gang in Chicago. And wow. His story was his stories. He has multiple stories was pretty phenomenal. And you really got the sense of how it, this situation happened where someone who was heroic to him got shot. He never really knew the story, but it spread because in gangs, you know, there's, there's this whole thing around respect. You have to do certain things to keep respect. And it just stirred, it changed his whole life when that occurred. And he got more and more involved in violent activity. Mm. It kept becoming, actually gained a lot of power. He really became like a head of the gangs and could make tons of money, went to jail a couple of times. A, a lot of things happened to this guy that, wow. that I won't even put out there. He seems like an amazing person though, in the sense that at some point he got, this is not, I have to say no. And I have to walk away from this completely and actually create almost a new identity to be able to do anything else. He had lost his marriage. He had lost all sorts of things. He'd come out of prison twice. He was like, it was seeming like, and he got offered to go back to his old job of selling drugs. And he was like, if I say yes to this, I'll never change. And he became interested in helping people in that world get move out of it to talk about it. And I can't imagine he didn't hit resistance from like other gang leaders, oh, like don't take my people away. Oh, well, there's a lot to that story. Like, it's yeah. not like something he's still working that, okay. that piece, <laughs> you know, but at some point in the story, he actually met 
like he had had a long history of wanting to find this person who killed his hero oh. and he was willing to kill him and he never got the chance to do that but one day he got to meet the guy wow. and by that time he was already doing some deep work and he had the chance to hear the guy's story totally different it all started from which way the guy wore his hat because that's how you identified what gang wow and you know if you word this way i mean the stuff that goes on in terms of how quickly something can go from okay just the way you wear your hat could result in somebody just randomly getting shot mm -hmm. and it because but it's not that it's all like an undercurrent of tons of stuff that has happened and what does he do now well there are lots of things that they've, they've been doing to kind of help, like even creating some events because there's a, you know, there's this idea that they do some basketball games where they get these gang members who for a moment put down the people they normally be killing over wow. something to agree to play a game. And they know that things can escalate fast, but they, anytime you can get that kind of meeting ground where they're together for a little bit, it also can kind of create some kind of sense of who's the person over there on the other side yeah, connection to the human yeah and it but they're not these people that are doing this work that he's doing on you know stupid they know it's not a rocket science as soon as the game ends the violence could start right back up if yeah. they don't you know and they they're kind of always looking for the signs of where it could start Just because sometimes that's that fire starter someone may actually throw something in the fire to get everyone in the gang revved up yeah. and so they may see a, a post and know okay this is going to result in violence so they go and try to help de-escalate it before it gets too big but wow. there's a lot in there about that. i was just stunned you know yeah. stunned when i read that kind of, somebody's right in a strong place of change and yeah, yeah. and brave i yes. mean and another quote from the book is high conflict can start small but it becomes an all-consuming us versus them feud that sort of takes on a life of its own which in gangs you see that she even references the hatfields and the mccoys yes like, as a real yeah, thing a, yeah you know it's a, some great stories and things that i walked away with was how easy we go to things like just like one of the premises she talks about is trying to try to avoid binary situations if in any way, shape, or form. So it's not just two sides. Think oh. Democrat and Republican. Oh my gosh. You know, or think put the as soon as you put shirts on people, one blue, one red, everything starts to go. You know, they take sides. That's and that's, a, we had a, we did a podcast with a, a cognitive scientist, and he said, as soon as you do put on blue shirts, our brains and the other people put on reds, we naturally go, oh, you're my people. Yeah. And all we did is put on these shirts. Yeah. No, no other that, you combination. Know, even, it's so often we may not realize, you know, and there was a, another story in there about how, and I'm not going to remember what country it is, but when they do an election, they don't, it's like nine people, you can nominate, you put nine names in, whoever's name comes out the most so-called wins or gets the office, but no one ever gets the same office after they stay in the office and then they do it again, nine different votes. It's not like you wow. run over to avoid this very thing that happens once you think you won something and then you have to re you know, fight to win, win it again. And if it's just two people, it becomes, kind of can become about the ego or the whole party or the whole this the whole that that's interesting the uh, the binary the two sides and that so fits our political system and no wonder and the libertarian party tries but it doesn't have enough oomph and, and you uh, know that's a political aspect i even see it come up in companies where it's like okay we're i've come from a startup 
And, no, I come from a big company. <laughs> and then you start to hear, oh, well, part of the problem we're having is that we hire people from big companies and we're a startup <laughs> or the opposite. Right. And it's, you know, I, it, That's so good. reading yeah. this really made me start to realize and catch myself when I start to do it. I mean, think of how it applies to men and women. Right. You know, how easy, how often in couples, someone will say, well, you know, how can you two help us? Because you're two women. Yeah, two women. It's a man and a woman thing. And it's, Often that's the first divide that can happen. And maybe why we do so well with heterosexual couples in our groups all the time is because <laughs> they can't use that, you know? So it's a, you know, right away, we've taken away the binary yeah. equation, but mm -hmm. I'd not really thought of it quite like that, but yeah. yeah. You know, one of the other things you mentioned is you said every high conflict has an understory. Oh. What's the understory? Because you mentioned a crock pot, and I'm not sure how that ties in. What, <laughs> not I, sure. I didn't read the book. So. <laughs> well, well, let's just say a lot of times, and I can't remember exactly how the crock pot started, but let's face it. A lot of times uh, something small kicks off. We talk about this even in couples. And it's never, you know, like maybe I didn't really like the way the meal turned out and it was cooked in a crock pot. And I make, <laughs> and I get pot. into a whole thing about the crock pot. We can't use a crock pot. And it could create a whole divide. And the reality of it's not the crock pot. It's never the crock pot. This is kind of always what, when we, we don't always, we, but we encourage people when you're in that place to, and you, you're in that power struggle to ask, why is this so important to you? Because yeah. maybe it's because you think I didn't care and made the crock made the meat too soft or mushy in the crock pot and it was really because i didn't care about you i didn't try hard enough and that's like the one level that's the crock pot story <laughs> and the understory is always like there's a story here about the crock pot that you got to get under and then you also need to understand and maybe get to know the other person's where they really are and who they are. Mm -hmm. So the backstory of the person, the understory of how that's like, I think why Curtis was such a key player in a book is there's a lot of- Was he the gang guy? Yeah, mm -hmm. a lot of understory. understory. Yeah, for him and for this other guy that he eventually meets up who had he met up with him 30 years old would have killed, Yeah, you know, if he could have. So it's a whole, there's an understory in most any situation where high conflict has been going on Yeah, for a long time. And almost always it comes up, it comes most heated when somebody feels humiliated or disrespected. And that is such a big critical thing that can shift even in cultures and that different ways, what people define as respect. But if you don't, you know, if you don't catch that when it happens and then someone starts to feel humiliated, that is a quick moving point. That is a what? That's a wildfire out of control. Into you know? high conflict. Yes. It is true. Yeah. And we were just, um, this. you'll also hear another interview we do with Jennifer Frazier, who talks about the impact of bullying. And bullying is really using shame and humiliation. Mm -hmm. And so that's got a, you know, and that's a learned, bullying is a learned behavior. And so those people who are learning it and being impacted by it are also learning it. Real quick roads to high conflict. Yeah. And a lot of times, I hate to say it, but you know, you'll read in this book, like in a lot of situations, sometimes people are deliberately using that high conflict to get things that they want accomplished. Because if people get mad enough, they're not going to talk to each other. They're not going to listen to each other. You got that. And then you can kind of move something in the direction you want to move it in. Wow. And this is why I think it's so important. Like we are in such a critical moment in time where there is this kind of tension of total polarization around issues. And it's like, how do you actually even start to realize one, you're in high conflict 
And two, how do you shift out of it? And, you know, some of the simple things are like, try to shift out of the binary and try to find ways, the similar things between people, not just the differences, but the, where are the common, you know? Yeah. Common. It's like the basketball game. It really, yes, that's two it. Games. Yeah. And how do you make space for sometimes you do need to move away and take, and take time and space to make sure, you know, I think my 10 years, there was a reason I was out of contact with my family for a long time because I didn't, I wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been a healthy conversation. Well, you told me there was, um, What's the movie? Uh, well, there was a real life story oh, of the boys. Oh, the Lord of the Ring. Oh, no. Um, Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies. I think that's what. That was the fictional, but she references a real version. Well, there was a, I, I'm not sure this was actually this book, but it may have been. So we'll go with it. But it's because it, it fits in. You yeah. know, the Lord of the Flies, if you ever read it, it's kind of, whoa, it's, you know, total chaos takes place. But the real story of, there's another story in 1965 where a group of 15 boys got trapped on an island for 15 months, 15 months. And you know, what's extraordinary about what they did was they paired up and, and worked together. They built themselves tree houses. They food cooked garden, did what they needed to do. They kept the fire going 24 seven for 15 months wow. because they worked together. And some of the things they did that made that possible, cause very different than Lord of the Flight. They, um, <laughs> when someone was in conflict, They'd go to either side of the island and spend four hours separated and then come back and apologize. Mm. They also made musical instruments out of some uh, guitar. And every night they would sing and have prayers together. Like, and, you know, music is an incredible healing that like basketball was, yeah. in this, you know, situation for yeah. these, these gang members. So yeah. those are things that we don't always, you know, there's this idea like in a, in a couple, you know, the idea, I think it was a Gottman's probably talked about five, you need five things of goodwill and for the, the negative things that's happened. Otherwise it gets too way out of the balance. ratio the ratio. Yeah. But it's the same in most situations. And I think a lot of times, maybe in workplaces and things like you don't think of that. What are well, the- we are often encouraging people to one, celebrate the team successes and give feedback. And a, a lot of times people in business, I'm too busy. I've got to, you know, I'm focused on the next problem. And I, I think, oh, you could go a long way if you actually just said, hey, you know, when you handed me that report or you got that report done, it really helped me talk to the board and made a difference. So mm-hmm. sharing the impact that somebody is doing is a really, that feeds the soul of that human. And I think the other thing she talks about is the idea of looping, which the way I took away, what I took away from that is the real ability to be able to listen and hear and play back what you're hearing someone pay. We talk about it from the standpoint of passionate listening, Yeah, (laughs) but to really be able to, because someone relaxes when they think they've at least been heard. They don't have to be agreed with, but they do need to really feel heard. We talk about this with teams all the time. And again, it's like, well, that seems inefficient for me to reflect something back. We call it reflective listening or passionate listening. And really taking the time that per- the other person, when you do this with me or whatever, I just, I relax and I can go on to the next point. Otherwise, if I don't, I feel like, well, did she hear me? Well, I got to repeat it again. So I stay stuck in a point in time right. and don't move forward. And I like this idea initially, kind of like looping. Why not just call it listening? But what I like is the loop implies it's Connection. an active, yeah, it's an active loop. And I'm saying something, even if I'm asking for clarification, you're telling me yes or no, it's going back. It's a loop. It's so. So as you can't see her hands, they're going in between <laughs> us because it is a connecting, looping, mm-hmm. building on. Uh, and checking, experience. you know, it isn't just like, I see you're clenching your fist. 
I'm wondering if you're angry, that's a form, you know, you're, so you're noticing the body when it's and that's really checking out your story. Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> Which is one of our other tools. And I do like the last little part. In high in conflict situations, the three questions. Does this is mean? in high conflict. Yeah. Ask yourself. Because there's also healthy conflict. And it's really important to know the difference. Does it need to be said? Does it need to be said by me? And does it need to be said by me right now? And sometimes that's a good thing. I mean, I, I know I can, you know, it's like, wait a minute, I don't need to say this in this moment. I can wait mm -hmm. and then we can talk about it. So it's not like I'm going to avoid having the conversation, say if something's up between you and I, but maybe the best time for me to say it isn't in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And so some of the, just some summary tips when you're, when you see, or hopefully you're not in that high conflict situation, but investigate the understory. Find out what has made people so invested in this conflict. Like, why is it so important yeah. to you? Or how long is, you know, tell me how this started for you. Reduce that binary, that us versus them. Find out what you share in common and marginalize the fire starters. Stop listening to those who get a thrill out of the fight or have an investment in keeping people riled up. And make sure you distinguish that from somebody who's mining for conflict. Because we talk about it is important to mine for conflict, just not to start the conflict. Over or we call it don't pester for conflict. conflict. Yeah. Like, I'm going to pick at this gap over yeah. and over again. The other two are buy time and make space. So for you, and this is a lot of what we do in our coaching with executives and couples is like, notice what triggers like happen for you. And if you're flooded and triggered, not a good time to have the conversation because you're coming from that compromised reactive brain. So take space and begin to learn what sets you off and take care of yourself. And then complicate the narrative. Recognize that most stories go deeper than just the hero and the villain, you yeah. know? And so often we feel like, oh my gosh, they are doing this to me. Most people, most people are not trying to actively create, you know, attack you. It's more, they're probably threatened. They're probably not saying things well. And so uh, there's more going on than it's clear he doesn't respect me, those sorts of comments. So I hope you have found this interesting and I hope you'll consider getting the book. I think I love that it came out and because I'm very passionate about us becoming better at dialogue. And, and in my mind, the risk is if we, we're afraid if we get better at dialogue, we can get into high conflict. So we need to know how we get in and how we get back out. And how to create healthy conflict, <laughs> not perpetuate the high conflict. And so check out Simon & Schuster's website, see if you can download your free e-copy of High Conflict, Why We Get Trapped and How We Get Out. Thanks, Susan. Well, thanks for joining us. We hope you found today's episode valuable. If you wanna take some of what you've learned on today's episode to the next level, check out our new step-by-step, easy-to-use team kit to get your team from avoiding conflict to discovering the beauty in conflict. Go to www.thriveinc.com forward slash team kit to learn more. That's www.thriveinc.com forward slash T-E-A-M-K-I-T. -E